Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the Dorsey Ride Podcast. My name is Ben Jones. And I'm Ian Saunders. And Ian, you know, it is spring. It feels like it's almost officially here, I guess. Uh, that happens, what, tomorrow on the 21st? Oh, that's right. It yeah. does. Flowers are blooming here in Richmond, daffodils. The Although I wish the weather would decide. <laughs> it's cold in the morning and then for uh, 50s in the afternoon. You can't figure out what to wear. Yeah, I know. It's quite confusing. But the only thing that's not confusing right now when you look across the marketplace is that um, as it appears, looking at the charts, is that they're, they're quite stable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the trends continue to push higher. The indicators are still in offensive postures. Um, if you look at the S&P 500, um, you know, tracking U.S. equities, we see that last week it broke through a significant level of resistance. Um, if you look at the default chart, which we track on our website, which is essentially you know tracking um, the S&P 500, looking at 10-point moves, um, it broke through a heavy level of resistance there at 28.10. Um, that's where you saw some you know false rallies back in October and November of last year. Uh, we also saw it you know reach that level back in February before it cooled off in, in late February and early March. So. Um, it broke that, what was it, I guess a spread called Drupal Top there at 2820, continues to push higher to 2850. Um, this positive, absolute movement in the S&P 500, um, you know, is basically indicative of, of rising equity prices, really across a large cap space, but you also see it across, you know, small and mid. Um, when we look at a lot of our participation indicators still today, heading into, officially into spring of 2019, uh, we see that, you know, Ian, the majority of the indicators are, are still in offense and still in X's. You know, if you look at the bullish percent for the New York Stock Exchange, um, chart level is right around, you know, 56%. Uh, so over half of the New York Stock Exchange are on buy signals. Um, you know, the PT indicator is getting close to crossing above that important 50% level. And that PT indicator tracks the percent of stocks on the New York Stock Exchange in positive trends. You know, that's right around 44% on the chart. Uh, 45.28 is the official reading. Uh, when you go outside of just these classic, you know, buy um, indicators and positive trend indicators, you know, we see that, let's say, the high-low um, continues to advance and, you know, isn't really in an extreme levels yet, but it's right around, you know, 70, mm-hmm. you know, 8% on its chart. So it is certainly getting much higher than where it was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I think an important thing to keep in mind, too, is so yesterday, I think the um, the market was down just just slightly or the Nasdaq was up just a little bit. Um, so, I mean, things are definitely looking positive, but even though the market was down a little bit yesterday, these indicators continue to advance. They're advancing slightly, but we're, we're continuing to see them kind of creeping back. As you said, the PT is kind of creeping back towards that, that 50% level. It's one of the big ones that we're, we're looking for that further confirmation. Um, so that's, that's definitely an important thing to keep in mind and keep you keep you some perspective kind of regardless of the way things shake out day to day. Absolutely. And I think for today's you know podcast, a general theme, um, it's going to really center around sectors, mm-hmm. right? So we know that, okay, the trends are positive. Looking at the big picture, top down, trends are positive, indicators are positive, positive. Where can we go for U.S. equity exposure? Let's say we still have some dry powder on the sidelines and we're looking to deploy it. Let's say we have new money coming in, or let's say you want to take some profits and some names that have really rallied off the December low. Where do we want to go from a sector standpoint? And um, you know, one tool you know that we you know don't talk enough probably on the podcast is our asset class group scores. Mm-hmm. Um, here at Dorsey, right, we track ETFs and mutual funds, um, looking at it from a technical standpoint, right? Looking at trends, um, looking at momentum, uh, looking how those funds are doing relative to the market, relative to their peer groups. Um, so what we created years ago, it's called a fund score. Um, it's a rating that goes from zero to six. Six being the strongest. And we look at 19 different technical factors, Ian. And so it gives you a good indication of how strong or weak that fund is today. 
Um, and the beautiful thing about that, right, Ian, is that you know we're able to take all these different funds, categorize them, organize them in the, in the groups, and this taxonomy allows us to see kind of how all these different fund groups mm -hmm. are doing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's our asset class group scores. Yeah. And it's essentially taking the average scores for those particular groups. Um, and, you know, we're talking about spring. We're talking about flowers. We're talking about the change of the seasons. If you go to asset class group scores, so if you log into our website, go to asset allocation, um, up at the top, you'll be able to see asset class group scores. The ranking kind of looks like a flower bed, right? You see some colors. <laughs> it you does. See, <laughs> it's very colorful. What do we have? We have a little bit of red. Maybe those are the roses. Yellow, green, blue. We do. And that, and that default group that you come to when you see the different colors there, it's going to be what's called the macro group, um, which is going to look at kind of big picture items. Mm -hmm. And if you want to take a little bit of a deeper dive, you can um, set the view filter up at the top to look at all groups. So you mentioned those classifications. There's 135 different classifications that we have for, for ETFs and mutual funds. So it really hits your whole investable universe, everything right. that you could you could get into. Um, and we're seeing the, 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 the color breakdown there, the blue group up at the top is going to indicate those scores that um, average scores that are four or better, better. And so um, we're seeing more more groups go into that space, which is mm -hmm. definitely a more more positive confirmation. And most of those are going to be um, at the kind of the growth growth areas within the, the south sector, and then the some individual sectors that, right. that you were taking a look at, right? The real estate, which we featured um, in the report earlier this week. That's right. So the, the colors, again, kind of, you know, make it easy for you to know what groups are strong, what groups are weak, what groups are in that transition zone. So we're talking about sectors, right? Um, you know, one of the leading macro sectors right now is, is just real estate. Um, it fits in this weird gray area. Um, you know, the S&P makes it part of one of the GIC sectors. A lot of investors and advisors view it as more of an alternative um, asset class. Uh, no matter you know where you categorize it, it, it's an area that does have some momentum. Um, the interesting thing about the real estate you know sector is that it's one of the strongest macro groups. Um, it's probably the third best U.S. equity sector. Um, you know, let's say using these group scores uh, behind technology and utilities. You know, if we looked at let's say a more traditional longer term RS ranking, real estate would be near the bottom third. Um, but group score is a little more sensitive. Um, but one thing that makes real estate interesting is that when we track it on the group score level, it's looking at all mutual funds and ETFs in that real estate space. And what we're seeing in, in real estate is that, um, you know, it's an area that has benefited from a lot of momentum internationally, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the, the highest scoring uh, real estate funds right now are international real estate funds, ranging from, you know, some of the big families that you might be familiar with, you know, Cohen and Steers, Fidelity, uh, Virtus. Um, if you look at some of the ETFs, we, we see similar um, improvement uh, from the international equity space. And, you know, there have been some interesting fundamental uh, charts that have come out recently kind of supporting this and making the case. Uh, we've seen some uh, conjecture that it might be just a result of, you know, we've seen interest rates kind of move lower. Um, it's still real estate's viewed as a safe haven play. I mean, have you seen anything interesting, Ian? There have. I was actually looking at um, looking at a couple charts this morning from the, the, the Wall Street Journal puts out. Um, that It was talking about how the as mortgage rates continue to, to, to go drift lower, that um, construction should should be boosted, which would which mm -hmm. would end up 
boosting home sales and then for further confirm real estate. Um, so as we're getting into that kind of springtime, a little bit more, more construction maybe right. there as well. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on because we've seen the growth there from the international space, as you said, and maybe maybe that will be continued there domestically as well. That's right. And I think that's what's interesting is that the group in real estate for the group score has really been pushed by the international real estate funds. That's why you haven't seen it really register in our, our Dolly sector rankings mm-hmm. yet. And you, you mentioned mortgage rates, right? I mean, you look at the 30-year yield index, TYX on our system. Um, it's, you know, in a column of O's. It's, you know, beginning to come down to a support level. It's in a negative trend. So, you know, right now, um, you know, we see interest rates, you know, moving in a negative direction, which, mm-hmm. you know, appears to have impacted uh, the real estate sector in a positive fashion. Mm-hmm. So what are some other sectors, right? If we're looking at the group scores, you know, we, we want to see confirmation, you know, across all our different rankings. You know, if you look at it just on a sector level, technology and utilities are the two leading sectors. And, you know, that has registered in our few of our models, right? That that has. And specifically, we were, we were taking a look. One of the uh, – we did, ran, a, ran a little study we had in the report yesterday that looked at uh, – there were a lot of ETFs that have been flipping the positive monthly momentum in, mm-hmm. in, in March um, since February. There were over four, there were 400 when we ran the right. query yesterday. Um, and those were, were varied from kind of sector to sector, but a, a large theme from at least the high-scoring funds in that group was the, the growth of the technology space. Um, one fund in particular that is holding in two of our models is the, the First Trust Biotech Fund, FBT. Um, so that's, that's one, one area that we've seen kind of consistent growth, had a solid spike to start the year, and then has steadily con- continued to give buy signals. Um, not too overbought either, right there, about 40%. So, um, and the biotech sector is, is another one of those names that, that's up there towards the top of the asset. Yeah, and another, another sector that's kind of in that gray area too, right? It's a little bit of technology, a little bit of healthcare, mm-hmm. certainly uh, a growth play. Um, and with monthly momentum, it's an indicator that we track. It's a really classic momentum indicator, you know, looking at a relationship between a m- one-month moving average and a five-month moving average. When that short-term momentum, right, when that one-month uh, calculation moving average moves above the five-month, that is positive mm-hmm. monthly momentum. And so this swing t- on the positive side is another indication you've seen that thrust um, behind some of these, uh, these you know, sectors and these uh, charts that we're tracking. So, yeah, it's a good sign for technology. It's a good sign for biotech, healthcare. Um, you know, the interesting thing is that utilities has just been uh, such a, uh, a persistent leader, right? And so with momentum investing and with, you know, following the trends, you want uh, persistence. You want consistency as well. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's been up there. It's been, again, I think probably just a function of, you know, uh, interest rates, maybe it's a function of what's happening in the energy space. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But the idea is that you know utilities is still in play, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know interesting, especially as we come off a bottom. Normally, you see these rallies kind of shrug off these you know uh, defensive sectors, defensive styles, and that really hasn't happened for utilities. I mean, the average utilities fund has a score of four point three five. Uh, while the average technology fund is 4.4. So there's some parity up at the top. And, and it's maintaining its score direction too, which right. I think is important. And another point that you hit on there, you touched on with utilities, is a, um, an area we haven't necessarily seen much much growth from from, from a group scores or, or from a dollar perspective is the energy sector. But you were you were taking a look at some of those individual charts and, and we're, we're seeing some interesting things there. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just commodities in general um, and just commodity-related sensitive sectors, uh, they're quite w- weak right now. Mm-hmm. If you look at our group scores, you know, basic materials, energy, energy, natural resources, agriculture um, are ranked down at the bottom. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of weakness there. But 
you know, we are beginning to see some signs of life within the energy equity related area. I think it's primarily due to just that res- positive response we've seen from crude oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know they're extremely you know, correlated energy stocks to crude oil. Um, the crude oil chart, you can track it on our system using CL forward slash, uh, has bounced off of bottom of that 43, uh, completed two consecutive buy signals, one at 55, one at 56. It's a nice bullish catapult yeah, pattern bullish there. catapult, <laughs> that's right. And, and now it's trading up north of uh, 59. Mm. Um, and so it's still in a negative trend, but... You know, if you're tracking some of the funds that are out there, you know, especially like BNO, which is a uh, popular uh, crude oil ETF, uh, Brent oil ETF, excuse me, uh, United States Brent oil fund, BNO, which, you know, tracks Brent oil, not crude. But you see that it's in a positive trend. It tracks the near-month contracts. It moved to a positive trend at 1925 last week. And what's interesting is that when you, you know, look across the um, energy sector, um, almost roughly, you know, 10% or so of energy stocks we, we categorize are within about 10% of the bearish resistance line. Mm. So what this means is that, you know, we're beginning to see a lot of these oil oil service stocks, you know, come close to testing that negative trend line. And so I think this is important to watch is that if we see follow through, right, which would mean if we start to see these oil related companies move through the bearish resistance line, um, that's a sign that, hey, we're beginning to see a full switch from negative trends to positive trends. And that's really across the board. I mean, there's some some big names out there, probably names that you've owned before, um, like Holly Frontier, Valero, Helmut Payne. Um, these are just all some stocks, Marathon Petroleum, that are within 10% of breaking through their bearish resistance line. And mm. what's, what I find interesting about this, Ian, is that they're very similar charts, right? If you cover up the names of a lot of these oil, oil service stocks, um, you know, unlike some other sectors where you see some divergers, where mm-hmm. you see some some good and some bad, the haves, the have-nots, and energy, it's almost like they're all just really weak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's something to watch is that you know we could see a, a lot of these stocks move back to positive trends, which I think would be uh, maybe put this sector in, in play mm-hmm. for those that are looking for you know maybe some short-term trading opportunities. So something to watch, I think, going forward. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's there's e- even though there's not too much going on from a from a broader indicator perspective, there's always there was always stuff to, to to see going on underneath the surface there, and we'll we'll continue to bring those um, the those that information to you through the through the research report, through this podcast, and then through the video on Monday. Um, so, with that, is there is there anything else that you you had? In mind? Happy spring, everyone! Absolutely. So, thank you all very much for joining us this week, and we look forward to having you all back next week. Mm-hmm.